Woo. All right. The presence of the Lord is here. Amen. Hey, well, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at Acts chapter 1. We'll start there. You know, this, uh, you know, kind of this month, there's a lot of, a lot of predictions going on in the Christian world. I don't know if you've heard any of them, but I'm not going to repeat them. And I'm not here to say whether they're true or not. I'm not, I don't want to get into that because I'm probably not smart enough one way or the other to figure out, oh man, that's probably it or that's probably not it. I don't know. The world could end this week. Jesus could come back. You know what kind of gets to me is, is like all this hype gets on and then people start getting ready. You're like, wait a second here. We're supposed to already be ready. <laughs> There's nothing to get ready for except to, I'm ready. <laughs> Jesus, I'm ready. Doesn't matter what's coming. Doesn't matter if there is a rapture or isn't a rapture. Doesn't matter if he comes... Before, middle, after, on the 32nd day of a tribulation. doesn't matter if there is a tribulation or isn't a tribulation. I've got to be ready. You know, so with all this stuff going around, I'm not going to address that stuff because, again, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Somebody's going to get it right eventually. Somebody's going to guess it right. You know, Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour, but people are guessing all the time. Somebody's just going to get lucky. Next year. Hey, I'll just guess next year until it happens. Oh, I, get, I knew it. Well. <laughs> so Acts chapter 1. Going to look at some. This, this, this thought was stirred by Pastor Kim at a conversation at dinner, and I was reminded of it as I was praying. And so this is after Jesus rose from the dead. And his disciples are, you know, he's appeared to them and he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive what I promised. And he reminds them, he says, hey, remember John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then so in verse 6, here's what we're going to pick up. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the scriptures to us as we read them in Jesus' name. So when they met together, verse 6, Acts 1, 6, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now here's the deal. You have to understand, my understanding is this, of the, the view of the Messiah was kind of, you know, the Messiah would come and reign and rule on earth. That was kind of a Jewish view. Uh, many of the Jewish people would have ascribed to that. So what's the... What the disciples are kind of asking is, is this the end? When it's all going to be all good? Because, I mean, really, that's what followers of God all along are like. Hey, when, when, is the, when is that going to happen? I don't need to be scared of that. Hey, let me tell you, if you're a child of God and you're scared of Jesus coming back, you don't need to be. If you're a child of God. 
Okay, I'm just making sure. If you're not a child of God, let's become children of God. It's so easy. Just trust Jesus. He already took care of everything else. He died on the cross. He took care of sin. He took care of your past. He took care of everything so that you could be free and be His child and have an eternal place in glory with Him and reign with Him, be a part of the inheritance that Jesus is going to receive from the Father, the Son's inheritance from God the Father. That's some awesome stuff that we get. So if you're not a child of God, just... Just turn to Him. Ask Him. Receive Him. Let Him forgive you. And if you are a child of God, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, I had a dream. Uh, it's been probably more than a year ago now. And I, I have a lot of dreams. Okay? And I don't know if I'm a... If I'm a prophetic dreamer, I've never figured out what any of my dreams mean. Okay? So I may be a prophetic dreamer, but I have no interpretation skills. Okay? So I have all kinds of strange dreams. Um... Right now, I just dream of waking up and, and the baby's awake. But <clears throat> that wasn't a dream. <laughs> that was reality. I hear a baby crying in my sleep. Oh. Um, but I had this one dream. And it was in the dream, I was somewhere in a building. And immediately, it was like I knew Jesus was coming back. And for a split second... There was this fear. It was like, <gasps> you know, kind of that something that where you just get something right here, it kind of just <gasps> takes your breath away. Like last night, I had that experience. I went into my bedroom. I come up to the church to do a few things last night, finish up, try to get myself prepared. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I came back home, went to my room, and I'm, I have a, a bottle of water on my nightstand by my bed. And I walk there, and just it's kind of in the dark, you know, I just have a light, just using the light from the hallway or whatever, you know, somewhere else in the house. And I, I just see, for a split second there, I have this fear, because there's arms sticking out of my bed, and it's not my wife. <laughs> she was out there. I was, whoo! And it was like, oh, Kai was asleep in my bed for some reason. We weren't there yet, but he had said, decided he was going to sleep there. You know, that's just that fear where something just catches you for a second, and you're like... That's what happened in this dream. I was like, what am I talking about? This is one of those days where I probably need my wife in here, so put the seatbelt on, okay? <clears throat> For a split second, there's this fear. You know, I think, I think we, all, we all deal with that fear, like, hey, am I, am I really saved? I mean, how many of you ever thought that, right? Am I really saved? You know, I was having a conversation with somebody else last week, and we kind of casually mentioned, you know, all the predictions that are going on. Well, if this is the end of the world, and this person said to me, it was, it, it was in jest, but they said, you know, I'm just going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to pray, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and everything in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it stirs fear in us, right? And, and I'm here to tell you that we have nothing to be afraid of. If you're a child of God, you're no longer a slave to fear. Perfect love has come and cast out fear. So there's nothing to be afraid of because, look, when you stand before God, who's He looking at? Jesus. That's a pretty good resume right there. So there's nothing to be afraid of. So in this dream, for a split second there was fear, and then I, was, then I just went straight through the ceiling. I, was, I didn't like break it, but I just went through it. And I was ushered into heaven. Then I woke up. And I was like, whoa. 
So Jesus is coming back. And it sure seems like it's getting closer. But I'm not going to make a prediction today. <laughs> no predictions. So that's what the disciples were asking. Like, hey, is this it? Is this it? Are you coming down? And this is going to be, it's all going to be good. Because I hope when you think about Jesus coming back, you're thinking of, it's all going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And so, in verse 7, Jesus said to them, <laughs> here's what he says to you when you think, I got it figured out. It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority. It's not for you to know. It's supposed to be 1988. Some of you remember that? <laughs> 88 reasons. I don't remember that because I wasn't paying attention. I was only 13. 12. <clears throat> and then 89. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go if you believed 88. But don't believe the guy when he just added one more for 89, okay? <laughs> 89 reasons in 89, okay? There's always, there's always this stuff going on. And wh what does that normally stir up in us? Anxiety and fear. We start getting nervous about what's going on in our world. I mean, even the stuff, look, I'm not even saying it's, it's right or wrong with the blood moons and all that. Look, hello, if it stirs up fear for, for you, that's not the Lord, that's not from God. We're, we're not supposed to be drawn to, oh no, oh no, oh no. You know, fear right now, the spirit of fear is trying to crush the people of God in the United States of America. Because we're getting all freaked out about all kinds of stuff that's happening. You look at, and they may be immature Christians. I know they post the most on Facebook. Uh, you know, all this stuff everywhere about everything that's going wrong. Oh, Obama's going to do this. Okay, I won't go over there. <laughs> I don't worry about what Obama's doing. I worry about what Jesus is doing. Because when the church is so focused on what the devil is doing, we miss out on what God's doing. Church, let's not get distracted by what's going on to take our focus off on what is our mission on earth to love God and love people. That doesn't change if the United States of America ceases to be a free country. None of that changes anything. That changes nothing for me except this life. It changes nothing for my purpose. It changes nothing for my peace. It changes nothing for the power of God in me. None of that changes anything. We're free anyways. That's right. So, what, so Jesus says, hey, look, you're not going to know. Then verse 8, look at this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then later on in Acts chapter 2, if you, most of us are spirit-filled, we know the story. The Holy Spirit's poured out. And then what happens? Peter gets up and, and quotes Joel chapter 2 and says, In the last days... God says, that's 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So here's the deal. When did the last days begin? Right then. So we don't need to be freaked out. If the last days aren't suddenly here, they've been here. <laughs> they've been here. This is the last days, and here's the deal. What has God equipped his people with 
to be prepared in the last days. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Spirit in us that we are equipped with to face the challenges in the last days. See, that's what the church needs to be focused on, not what's going to happen over here. What's going to happen over here? Who's going to get elected? I mean, I'm going to vote and all that. I'm going to pray for that, but that's not my main focus. When somebody else wins an office that I didn't vote for, that changes nothing for my purpose on earth. That changes nothing for my communion with God. And look, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You think exactly like I am. You don't chase all those crazy things that are going around. You're not fearful by them, I hope. But if you are, look, hey, let's be free from that. Right now, fear. No fear. No fear. We've got, we've got a purpose to be here. And God says, I've equipped you. I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. And He's the one that makes you not alone. I am not alone. Man, what a powerful song today. I knew there was going to be something happening. Like it's just the Holy Spirit says, when you're singing that song, something's going to happen. Like, boom, there it is right there. Some of us needed to hear it. Because what happens when we, when we feel alone, then what happens? Fear comes in. And as we've been talking about on Wednesday night, then the what-ifs begin. The what-ifs are in your head. And I love how uh, Chris Valentin says it. Uh, he says this, you know, the what-ifs are always bad. Have you noticed that? When you have a what-if, it's never good. You know, if you're wondering why your spouse is not home on time, and uh, I'm totally stealing his stuff. So on, those of you on Wednesday night, just close your ears, okay? <laughs> you know, when your spouse is late from work, it's, oh, what if they were in a car accident? You don't think, what if they just ran into somebody and they got a million dollars, they had to go to the bank and deposit it? <laughs> you, you don't ever think those things, Right? Oh, my kids, they're, oh, I heard about this and that. What if, you know, what if they're praying for so many people they couldn't get out of school? <laughs> we don't think, because what ifs are always bad, but that tells you the source of the what if. If you've got a what if and you're like, what if this happens? Well, <laughs> what if this is the best day that I ever had in my life? What if I face my hardest challenge and I have the, the grace of God over me more than I ever had in my life? And I'm overwhelmed with peace in the midst of a storm. What if that happens? So the Holy Spirit baptism, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is important in our lives. You know, I was watching a movie last night, part of the movie, because it got too late. I'm getting old, I have to go to bed halfway through the movies. <clears throat> and it's called Gifted Hands. It's a story of Ben Carson. He's actually one of our presidential candidates. I'm not saying to vote for him or not. I'm just saying this is the movie, the story of his life. And he's the, the first, and I believe the only doctor, to surgically separate Siamese twins and have them survive. And so that's the story. It's called Gifted Hands because he just was, he had it, honestly, the dude is anointed of the Lord, I think. I think there was a, just an anointing for... Like, that was something supernatural that happened. It, I mean, just watching that movie. But as a kid, it, it shows him growing up. And I don't know how realistic it is to how he really grew up. But as he grows up, he has a teacher. He begins to, you know, take interest in, in certain subjects. At first, he's told he's dumb. And then he begins to overcome it. He begins to overcome. He, he refuses to believe because uh, his mo mother keeps speaking. It says, no, you're smart. It doesn't matter what everybody else says to you. And he begins to, to study and learn. And as a as a maybe a junior higher or something, his science teacher, I would assume, 
takes him after class, says, hey, come see me after class. He says, let me show you something. And he lets him look into a microscope at something. He looks into it and says, it's a whole new world. That's what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit baptism in your life. There's a whole new world. You know, Chris Vallotton says this, all of us in our heads believe the spirit world is around us, but most of us, even spirit-filled Christians, we don't live if that's the reality. Does that make sense? In other words, we all believe it in our head, but our practice says that we believe this life is greater than that life rather than that, that reality having a greater impact on this reality. Because if we believe that the spirit realm was superior to the physical realm, we would do more things in the spirit realm. We would do more spiritual things in our lives because we know it affects this life. Turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. I don't know if I'm going to tell you anything you don't know today, but I hope to encourage you. Ephesians 5 and verse 16. Look, look at the context too. I want you to look at the context of this. I'll start in 15 because that's where the paragraph starts. The computer won't start on 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Verse 16 says this. Making the most of every opportunity. Look. Why? Because the days are evil. There it is. Back then it was the same. Therefore do not be foolish... But understand what the Lord's will is. We're supposed to know God's will. Let's just, assume, let's just believe that we're going to know God's will. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Which is, just, Let's just say that's all kinds of bad junk that happens when you get drunk. Just do your, don't use your imagination too much. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the context there is the evil days. So if we're living in evil days, what does Paul say? Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, the word fill there is plerao, the Greek word. It means to pervade with an influence, to influence fully or to possess fully. To pervade with an influence, to influence fully, or to possess fully. So when he says, be filled, in other words, have the Spirit, have the pervasive influence in your life. Have an influence completely in your life. That's what being filled with the Spirit is. Because then when I'm full of the Spirit, I can't be full of something else. You know, that's what we need in, in these days, is we need Spirit-filled believers to be Spirit-filled. And look, I'm preaching to myself too. Hey, this is a no condemnation zone, okay? Did you, did you know that when you came in this room? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So anything I say, if the enemy tries to be condemnation, oh man, see, I told you, you're not doing a good job. No, 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 that's not what we're saying. We're saying, hey, I need to be, I need to know, understand reality. Am I living a spirit-filled life? Are you, as a spirit-filled Christian, living a spirit-filled life? No condemnation, just evaluation, just saying, hey God, what's going on? You know, in the, book, in the Old Testament, 
the book of Daniel. Daniel's an awesome guy. Remember Daniel? Daniel in the lion's den. You remember that? Everybody over here? Yeah. Yeah? That was pretty cool. I mean, you learned that story as a kid, but, you know, Daniel was awesome. Daniel was just like the, the, one of the best men of God there was because he lived what I believe would be a picture of a spirit-filled life. I know, understand he did not have the Holy Spirit in fullness because he was before the cross. I understand that. But he was, trust me, everybody said, he's got the spirit of the gods on him. He's got the spirit of the gods on him. I mean, they didn't know what they were talking about, but they're like, we just know you've got something there going on. And so Daniel was in a, in a super ungodly society with a super ungodly leader. And guess what? He lived his life and people start, they started asking him, I need your help. Amen. You know, the king has dreams. Everybody's like, he's like, I'm not even going to tell you the dream. And the other guys are like, man, I can't even make something up now. It's like, if you tell me the dream, I'll make something up about what it means. <laughs> so all his advisors, his magicians, his... New Age astrologers and all those guys are like, King, we can't do that. And then he says, okay, I'm going to kill all of you. You're all dead. I'm going to kill you. Just because when you're a king, you can just kill people randomly. It's just just because you can. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king, I believe. And he says, okay, you're all going to die. If you don't tell me by the end of, you know, by tomorrow, let me know. And they're like, ah! Why did I sign up for this job? I'm, I don't want to be one of these guys. Never mind. But what happens is word comes to Daniel. And Daniel says, I can go do it. God will tell me. I'm doing the John translation. So it comes before the king. And king says, hey, can you do this? Daniel says, no. <laughs> King's like, okay, I'm going to kill you too. But God can. And so in the middle of a society that was totally dark, totally dominated by immorality, the leader of, that, of the world at that time says, I need you, Daniel. And Daniel speaks the word of God, gives an interpretation of the dream, and then the king says, oh, you're going to be, a, you know, I'll put you up. And Daniel's like, I don't need that. I'm full of God. That's a great picture of a spirit-filled believer. It's like, look, hey, all this stuff might go on around me. It doesn't matter what's going on around in my world. You may, say, you may say, I'm not even, I can't even think about the rest of the world, just my world. The world of my family is going crazy right now. Okay. The world of your family is going crazy. Are you going to be dominated by fear or are you going to be full of the Spirit? Because you have been equipped to overcome. You've been equipped to be victorious. You have been equipped to be at peace in every storm because of the Holy Spirit. So really the real question is, is, am I spirit-filled or am I not? First of all, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I give you an invitation. Come talk to me. You come talk to Ronnie, Carlene back here. You come talk to Greg. You come talk to Dorothy or Paul over here, Jerry Job. These guys have been baptized in the Holy Spirit for longer than, as long as I've been alive almost, probably. <laughs> They're not old, though. <laughs> I was born in the 70s, so 
Talk to one of us. We'd love to pray with you and, and, and see that released in your life. And here's the deal. Tongues is part of it, but it's not the full deal. Tongues is part of the equipping, but it's not the baptism. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the empowering of God in your life to live the life that you're called to live in this life. doesn't matter if there's storms going on. doesn't matter what's going on. If you can walk, He will keep you in perfect peace, those whose minds are, are, are focused on Him. That's the Spirit-filled life. And what we need today is just Spirit-filled people living life. You don't, have to be, you don't have to go out and find something to do. Live your life full of God and see what happens. Look, I'm not, I'm not very good at this yet either, so please help me do it. You know, I, go, you know, I went a couple days this week, I look back and go, what even happened this week? Was I even paying attention to God? You're like, the pastor did that? I'm leaving this church. <laughs> yeah! You know what? You know how I felt? You know, I, I, was, I get discouraged easier when I'm in that place. I get annoyed at Ashley for things easier in that place. I start thinking thoughts that I don't know. What if? <laughs> what if it's, you know, I don't know. Make up something good when you think of a what if. Just say what if and then go, boom, I'm thinking of something amazing that's going to happen to me. Okay, what if I grew five more inches? I could finally dunk a basketball. <laughs> that's what that pain in my leg is. I'm growing. <laughs> so don't let the what is rule you. Be filled with the Spirit because God is saying, look, I've given you the one you need to live this life. So when all this crazy prediction is going on, look, if it comes true, then... You know what? And gets crazy. Guess what? You're already ready. You don't need to go stock up food or something. You've got the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you, buy a couple of extra things this week. Because that's what it means to be spirit, to walk in in the spirit is God tells you stuff. He's going to tell you what you need to know. You don't need somebody else to tell you what you need to know to be prepared for something. You need the Holy Spirit to tell you what you need to know to be prepared. So I want to read two scriptures, though. There's, there's things that happen in our, in our lives with the Holy Spirit that we can either be filled or, and I don't want to say unfilled, but I can say He can be, he can be squished. So in Ephesians 4, in verse 30, it says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, fighting, and slander, along with every form of malice. That's like evil thoughts, we'll say. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So it says right there that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be made sorry in our lives when there's stuff going on. That, that grieves Him. And I'm not living to the fullness of my spirit-filled life if, I, if the Holy Spirit is grieved in my life. What is one of the main things there that, that grieves the Holy Spirit, that stops the Holy Spirit's work in my life? What is it? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. You know, I actually... Unforgiveness is also another thing that will sometimes stop you from releasing your prayer language when you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not every time, it's just, sometimes it's just your mind getting in the way. 
But sometimes there's something you need to release to experience the fullness of the Spirit. You can't be full of the Holy Spirit and full of bitterness. I'm not saying He doesn't leave us. He doesn't go away from inside of us. But you're not filled. You're not overflowing. You're not, you're not walking in the Spirit if there's unforgiveness there. And so, look, what's, what's going to happen in your life? The enemy does not want any Spirit-filled believers living Spirit-filled lives. He wants, this is what he wants. He wants you to get prayed for one time, have an experience with God, and never have anything else change in your life. That's what he wants. He wants it to be where you struggle with fear, or you struggle with anxiety, or you struggle with doubt, and you have to go back and go, man, did that even really happen? Because he wants you to to be hurt by others so that the Holy Spirit isn't free to flow in your life. Because we can grieve what there's some other things there. It says, hey, get rid of all that stuff. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians, let's go there. First Thessalonians. Chapter five and verse sixteen. First Thessalonians 5.16 says this, Be joyful always. Pray continually, or pray without ceasing. I love that scripture. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't you love it how God sometimes tells you, Here's my will. Thank me for everything. <sighs> Oops. I have a hard time with that one. Number 19, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Number verse 20, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. 19, it says, do not put out the spirits of fire. Or another translation says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. So my question for you is, in your life, what quenches the Holy Spirit? And what makes you full of the Holy Spirit? I mean, there's certain things for all of us, but it, for you, there might be certain things where, you know, you just, you just go there and uh, there's just that something inside, you know. It's like the, you start getting knotted up on the inside. Look, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live that way. You're a child of God. You're no longer a slave to fear and anxiety. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So what, what is it that's causing the spirit to be quenched in your life? And what is it that's causing you to be full of God each and every day? Start finding those things, just practical ways. Right here are some practical ways that you can be full. Hey, just be joyful. Choose joy. Pray a little bit more. Pray continually. Have a communion with God. That's really to me what that means. Is like there's a communication with the Lord going on. You're you're saying, God, I'm listening. You know, my day goes better when I wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, I'm I'm open to you today. Or Benny Hinn says, Good morning, Holy Spirit. However you want to say it. Start your day. Welcome the Spirit. If you're not doing that, I encourage you as a spirit-filled person, start the day. Welcome, welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I, I welcome you into my life. Thank you that you're, you're in me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're filling me. Thank you that you're empowering me today. 
God, show me things today that I need to know. When I do that, I'm more aware. It's, it's like I don't even have to pay more attention. I just am paying more attention. Like I, it's like you, you, you know, you, you, the light's turned on. You know, we lost our TV remote this week. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> we still can't find it. <laughs> it was lost Thursday morning at the ladies' meeting at my, you know, at my wife's house. So I don't know who was there. Ashley, were you there? And Sharon, I know, was there. And you know, so I don't know. If somebody took that and said, "You guys need to be freed from TV." But you know. And my, I got I didn't know how to turn on my TV without the remote. Okay. <laughs> Finally, I had to look in the manual. I didn't look online for it. It's sad. I actually went to the paper thing. <laughs> I didn't even think to check the internet, Corey. <laughs> and there's a button on the back that I didn't know about. So I turned the TV on. Here's the deal, though. The last time I used the TV, it was turned all the way down. Okay, you can't turn it up without the the remote. (laughs) There's nothing on the TV to turn up the volume. Okay, so I can turn it on, but it's very quiet. (laughs) So the kids are like, can we watch some? Sure, if you've got really good hearing. (laughs) Just make up your own lyrics for what they're saying. Okay, the Holy Spirit is the power in our lives. And if he's... Too quiet, you need to allow, you know, I think of welcoming the Holy Spirit as just like taking the remote in my life and saying, I'm clued in today. I'm cluing in, God. You know, sometimes you, find, you lose that remote in your life. You're like, where's that place of peace? Where's that, where's, where's that place? Look, try one of these things. Try to start thanking God. Amen. Try thanking the Lord. Remember, hey, think about words that God has given you. It says, don't treat prophecies with contempt. You know, some, I think we think of that sometimes as, oh, that's not God. Well, sometimes what that means is God gives you something, and you go, yeah, that's cool, and you kind of live your life as if it didn't happen. Rather than saying, no, God, that's you. What does that mean for my life? Speak to me about this. Because then I am treating prophecies with honor. Because if that's a word from the Lord, I want to take a word from the Lord and say, I want to hold on to that. I don't want to let that go. When I do that, I'm more full of the Holy Spirit. I'm not quenching the Spirit's fire. You know, what? You know, does worship help you? Does music help you get in the Spirit? Hey, you know what? Every, everybody, I'll say young people and old people, what music gets you thinking about Jesus and gets you in the Spirit? What helps you get there? You know, if something takes you out of the Spirit, I don't want to turn that one off. Because it's putting out the fire of God in your life. It's putting out the fire of God. You know, I have to choose. I just make a choice. Paul said, through the Holy Spirit, be filled. Be filled. And here's the deal. I hope you're not hearing it that you have to work this up. It's... To me, it's more about an attitude and a welcoming in our hearts that says, God, I'm open to you. Holy Spirit, I'm open to you. If you have your prayer language, use it. 
Here's your prayer language. Some people are like, I wish I had my prayer language. And you're like, eh, when was the last time I prayed in the Spirit? I don't know. Get up in the morning and pray in your prayer language. Do it in the shower. Find somewhere that you pray in the Spirit every single day. I know I've told this story before, but I will tell it again. There's a book, a story of a, a lady named Jackie Pullinger. Okay? It's called Chasing the Dragon. I don't even know if it's in print anymore. It's one of the best books you will ever read. Uh, I was given it in college, and I've read it several times since then. Jackie Pollinger is a single uh, young lady who is from the UK who, for some unknown reason, her parents let her get on a boat, and God was going to tell her when she's supposed to get off. And she was, very, she was like 20, 21. And her parents let her do this in 1960 or whatever. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy now. 2015, that's still crazy. So she got on a boat. I guess you can do that. And just the boat kept traveling. She got to Hong Kong. And, got, and the Holy Spirit said, here you go. And so she gets out in Hong Kong says, I'm supposed to be in Hong Kong. And <laughs> I mean, it's so bizarre. Like, how can that even happen? You know? And so she gets out. And she says, okay, God, what am I, where am I supposed to live? And he says, you know, he, she's led somehow to the walled city area. And this is the worst part of Hong Kong. This is where the, the opium drug lords are in charge. I mean, the, the police don't even go there. In the, in the, you know, they're just, they just leave it alone. Like, we just ignore that. Just, if you want to go in there, you're in the jurisdiction of somebody else. You're not under our protection. So she goes and lives there. Single, white, British gal. And she starts loving people. She starts talking to people. She starts getting to know people. She gets to know the drug, drug lords. And she gets to know the drug addicts. And boy, she's, she's aware of the spirit, spiritual war that's going on around her. She says she would walk in. She has no desire for drugs. She had no thought ever to take drugs but she would go into the to the dens so to speak of drugs and she could literally feel the pull of the drug the demonic pull being pulled just i want this like wait it what is going on here because of the the so the spiritual darkness she was in and so one by one people start coming to jesus and she starts leading people to jesus she has great influence she's in other it gets to the point after she's been there for years and years and years. This takes a long time. It's not like she shows up and it happens. Woo! No, it's a long time. But after years and years, she has influence and, and things begin to change inside the walled city. And people are getting saved. Drug lords are getting saved. Drug addicts are being delivered from their oppression. It's just amazing stuff. It's incredible. It's a spirit-filled life. And so later on in, in the end of the book, there's a guy that's just doing a story on her, I think. He's, I don't know if he's doing, doing a book or just an interview of some sorts. And he's there and he's like, man, after 25 years you've been here doing all this work and you know, God has done, and you're just one lady. You're just one single lady and you've come here and given your life to this place. Like, what's your secret? And she says, you just, you just walk with me. Here's what we do. We start walking around and I pray in the Spirit wherever I walk. Wherever I walk, I'm just, I'm just always praying in the Spirit. 
That was her strategy. (laughs) That was it. It was pray in the Spirit. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, if you have a chance, she would talk to them. But as they walked, if they weren't talking, she was praying in the Spirit. Now, I understand that's an extreme example. I'm not trying to get us to attain to something that, you know, I could never do that. But she didn't get there by, she got there step by step in obeying God. And so if you do pray in the Spirit, please, please pray in the Spirit. Because we're Spirit-filled believers. God gave that to you as a gift so you could be built up and so, so that things could happen in the Spirit realm. She would pray in the Spirit and she would always run into the right person. She would always be in the right place. She would always know what, where she's supposed to go or not go. It's just incredible. I encourage you to, to read that. But that's my encouragement for us today. We've been equipped for the last days. Let's use our equipment. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for this time. And we don't need to get worked up about this. We don't need to get all raw rod and excited. We can just say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us. We invite you, to, Lord, help us live as spirit-filled people. Lord, that we might use what you have given us. We would use the tools and the equipment and the power that you've given us. Lord, help me. I need help. Sometimes I'm not paying attention to what's going on. Help me get connected to you, however that is. Help me pray in the Spirit more. Help me be in communion with you more, Lord. Help me give thanks. Help me forgive quickly, Lord. Help me to get rid of all bitterness and rage and and all kinds of junk that tries to get in the way. I want to be full, God. I want to be full. I want to be full of you and not full of anything else. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to do that with all of our lives. Lord, what if we just all lived and walked around and just things happened? We just want to see things happen. We, got, we, went on, we want to live in peace in the midst of storms, God. And I pray for each and every person, right? Lord, I know there's families here and, and individuals who are going through challenges right now, who are facing battles, who are in the middle of storms. But I thank you, Lord, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So it doesn't matter what attack we're under, there's a feast that God has for us and a place of rest. And so we speak to the unrest and anxiety in our lives and say, you stop, you be quiet, waves, you be still, wind, be quiet. I'm eating something from God right now. We thank you, Lord, that people, each and every one of us as people, will live in that place. Lord, let us live in that place more this week than last week. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want want prayer specifically for something, come on up and we'll pray with you. If not, be blessed and we'll see you on Wednesday.